0: This series we've been... This series we are doing, more than a song. Put your hands up. I am so thankful for this whole concept. Which was brought to light even greater this morning when you, thankfully, asked John to sing. Because if you had asked somebody like me, that would have been disastrous. Complete and utter train wreck. (laughs) I have... A family full of musicians. Every single one of my family, Donna is a musician, both my boys are musicians. I'm surrounded by talent, I'm surrounded by creativity. I am tone deaf, I am pitch deaf. If you really want to mess me up on a Sunday, stand next to me and clap out of time. Because I follow the people around me. Because I have no timing whatsoever. I will just follow other people. And when people got to know this, they would intentionally set me up at church. They would clap out of time and I'd just be happily smiling away, looking like an idiot. So thankfully, worship isn't just about a song for me. I get to experience worship. Even though I love doing it on a Sunday, it's more than just that song. I'm glad that we're focusing on that at the moment. I'm glad that we're experiencing and speaking about what true worship is, what it means to us and how we engage in it, how it transforms us, how it draws us in. See, worship is an amazing experience. See, I'm so glad there's more than a song because if it was just a song, then I'd file at worship. But because it's more than that, Then I get to experience in its fullness each and every day. So what is worship? It means to regard with great or extravagant respect honour or devotion. It's what it says in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. It's honouring God. Worship is just honouring God. His person, his desires, his ways, his actions, His purpose, His plans, including His plans for you and I. When we realize what worship is, it's so easy to engage in it every day. When we just realize it's just honoring who God is. Honoring what He's doing in the world around us. Honoring what He's doing in our own lives. Just honoring Him. See, it's a daily act, not a singular event. That's what I love about the fact that it's more than a song. Because if it was just a song, the only time I would really get to experience in its fullness is on a Sunday morning when I'm surrounded by all these people that can actually sing. That can actually keep a tune and keep pitch. Because if it was me alone during the week, and that was all I was able to do to worship God, then he'd be sitting there with his hands over his ears, trembling in a corner because it's not a sweet sound. But when it's more than that song, it's an amazing experience. See, worship is a choice of lifestyle. It's how we live. It's an attitude. It's a life expression. See, we pick up this morning in Romans 9, uh, sorry, Romans 12, verse 9. And this section of the Bible, when they actually have the headings there, they utilize these words to speak about what this next section is going to be. One of the Bible says it's marks of a true Christian. Another one says behave like a Christian. Another one says love in action. As we start to get into this section of Paul's letter to the Romans, he starts to pick up how we live a life of worship. How we express that worship on a day-to-day basis. Basis, how we sh- start to get to show it, to experience it, to share it with everybody around us. So let's pick up verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit serve the lord rejoice in hope be patient in tribulation be constant in prayer let's start in verse 9 where it says simply let love be genuine see we all know we're meant to love people don't we that's the heart of being a christian is to love to love like jesus loved But what Paul's saying here is that it needs to be a genuine love. It needs to be a sincere love. See, we're not called to fake an attitude as Christians of love. We're not called... Good morning. You snuck in. Just so subtle. (laughs) We're not called to fake it. We're called to be able to express it meaningfully, fully, fully with everything within us. See, there's a scripture that we all use in weddings, or regularly use. 1 Corinthians 13, four through eight. But it always challenges me every time I read it, because it challenges how I'm living. Where it says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Or as another expression, love never fails. I love the fact that it never fails. It never stops in itself. When love is an operation, it doesn't stop. It just continues on and on and on. But it never fails also for the person giving it or the person receiving it. And I was challenged with that when I started to think about this this week. Do I love that way? Do I love love? genuinely. What does it look like to love with that genuineness? What does it look like to express that as an attitude of worship to God when I live my life with other people? And I heard a story on Friday which really challenged me but also set me free. I was talking to somebody at work and I'm sharing the story and I'm going to change the names. (laughs) Change the names. They were sharing the story about something that happened in their lives, probably about 40 years ago. And they were having their first child, which is always a a great experience. So they were looking forward to this first child. They were in a new town they'd moved to for work. They'd left the church that was a couple of hours' drive away. They were out there by themselves, just starting to get life going. And unfortunately, when the child was born, it was born with a lot of defects. And as this man was expressing to me, he said, that's when you're usually on the phone ringing everybody up saying, hey, the baby's born. We're so excited. He said, but we weren't there. It was such a struggle because it hadn't turned out exactly the way we expected. And then suddenly you get this phone call from this pastor that he was with previously, who was hours away. And he said, Jim, I hear the baby's been born. He said, yes. And this pastor says to him, he said, look, I understand it hasn't turned out the way you expected or, or you're believing for. What time do you have lunch tomorrow? And Jim said, he said, I have it w- at one o'clock. He said, I'll be there. So the next day comes around and at one o'clock, the pastor walks through the front door and then into Jim's office and sits down and just looks at him and says, Jim, I don't have the words. I do not have anything to say to you. All I can do is be here with you. Drove for hours just to sit in that office for half an hour and be with him. Jim told me when we were talking on Friday, today, that is still the greatest gift he's ever been given. Genuine love. It set me free thinking, I don't always have to have the words. I don't always have to know what to say or what to do all it is is being there for someone being jesus in their lives being an expression of what true love is we don't have to have the answers we don't have to have the ability to be able to meet expectations but just to be able to be there and allow our worship of god to flow into other people's lives i love that see we worship god when we love every time we show love we're worshiping god when we love him when we love his creation when we love his kingdom and when we love his people that's how we worship then it goes on into the next scripture it says outdo one another in showing honor this tickled my understanding a little bit so hang on as christians we don't compete do we we're not supposed to compete But here it is saying, hang on, outdo one another. Be better than one another in something here. Outdo one another in showing honor. See, we've got a sign at work. I love it. It's right near Rod's door as you walk in. It says, honor your parents. They made it through school without Google. Put your hand up if you made it through school without Google. Oh, come on. There's got to be some more than that. We're the old ones. I honour every single person that just put their hand up. You know how easy it is now to pass school because of Google? Everything's there. I, I know in my time, and my time wasn't that long ago, I would have to. What's the laughter? <laughs> That's rude. We had to go to the library with a card. And then we had to figure out the Dewey Decibel system and find out where the book is in all the shelves and then go through the multiple, multiple, multiple volumes of different books to try to finally find the one you could flick through for hours until you found the information that actually met what you're looking for. Much different to... There it is. Copy, paste, done. And do a plagiarism test. I honour... Honour, you guys. See, honour is important to God. The first commandment that came with a promise. Honour, and you will have. See, honour is value. It's to show deference to. It's to have respect for. To outdo is literally to go before, to lead. See, as Christians, we're meant to lead in the area of honouring. We're meant to honour people. We're meant to show deference to them. We're meant to respect people. I'll be honest, I struggled with this in my early days. I grew up in probably not the best circumstances, a little bit damaged, a little bit bitter. And I found it easier to see the faults in people. I found it easier to go looking for those faults, because it meant that I could sit back, to not engage, to not press in. But then, God showed me something, which set me free. Where he says in Genesis, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. See, man is made in the image of God. We're image bearers of God. Each one and every one of us are a living reflection of what God desired to create within us. And when I came to that realisation that every person is an image-bearer of God, that if I show them honour, if I respect them, if I lift them up, then I'm honouring God. I'm worshipping God by worshipping His creation by honouring his creation, by giving it deference, by respecting it. See, it's easy to find fault in people. It's not as easy to find the good in people. But when we train ourselves to look at people through the eyes of God, you will see Jesus in everyone, whether they know him yet or not. You will see the potential that they can become. See, worshipping God is honouring his creation. And part of that is honoring the people that we interact with every day, the people we engage with, the people we spend time with. See, we worship through love and we worship through honor. Then it goes on in the next verse to say, Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. See, the end of this scripture is the focus. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. The first two parts tell us how we're to do this. See, often the scripture is used to focus on business or work. But that limits what Paul's trying to say here. See, it's a focus on our service. It's actually a focus on everything we do. Whether it be work, marriage, family, friendships, Christian service, connection with God, even our hobbies and our fun things we do it's about everything we do and it's saying do not be slothful in your zeal zeal means fervor it means an eagerness a desire enthusiasm a diligence an ardor it's a passion And what Paul is saying here is do not allow yourself in everything you do, the way you live your lives, the way you interact with people, the way you become that expression of Jesus, that image bearer, the way you show to the entire world how you live your life. Do it with passion. Do it with a zeal. Do not become a slothful person when you're doing the things that God has called you to do. When you're out working what Justin spoke about last week, the gifts and the talents and the abilities that each and every one of us has been given. We need to do it with passion. We need to do it with everything within us, with a hunger and a zeal for God. Why does Paul warn us against this? Because it's an easy trap to fall into. It's very easy to become slothful. It's very easy to step back. It's very easy to say, hmm... I did this here, why do I need to do that there? I served here, why do I need to serve there? Because what Paul's talking about here is every aspect of our lives. All that we do, do it with zeal, do it with passion, do it with desire. So how do we combat slothfulness? We do it with excellence. We replace slothfulness with excellence. See, we need to aim as Christians for excellence. Not perfection. Excellence. Excellence. See, excellence is an attempt to perform a task in the best possible way. Whereas perfection is the the definitive 100% right way of doing something. See, I can play a game of football, I can make a couple of mistakes in that game of football, I can knock on, throw a bad pass, but I can still come out at the end of the game having played an excellent game. People can say, that was an excellent game because all the good outweighed the couple of bad. I played an excellent game. If I ever went into a football game expecting to play a perfect game, I'll be very disappointed because there's no way of playing it 100% correct mistakes will happen. Excellence is what we aim for when we live our lives for Jesus. And when we live that mentality of saying, Jesus, I am living for you, I am worshipping you with this vessel. This thing that I've said is a living sacrifice unto you. I will do it with everything in me, with all my passion, and I will do it with excellence, with you guiding me. Then that's worship. That's how we worship Him. He's given us this thing to use. He's given us the life we have to use. Then use it with passion. Use it with everything in us. I love what Michael J. Fox said. I am careful not to confuse excellence with perfection. Excellence I can reach for. Perfection is God's business. We live a life of excellence so that when the time comes, we will be perfected. that happens on the other side. But here, now, today, we can be excellent. And it's an attitude of worship that he's given this to us. Let's use it the right way. Then it goes on. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. See, we should strive to do everything we can the best way we can, but it has to be done with a fervent spirit. A fervent spirit. What does that mean? The word fervent comes from a Latin word which means boiling or seething. A boiling spirit. A seething. Sounds angry, doesn't it? I'm seething. But it's an image that really grabs hold of us. God, Paul is saying here, do everything excellent. Don't be slothful but doing it with a boiling spirit, a seething spirit. See, if we're honest and we really consider how we go about our business or our Christian lives, well, we always say that we approach it with zeal. It's hard at times. In the area of our physical service, we can get tired. We can get run down. We can get overstretched. There's pressures things happen. Unforeseen expectations that aren't met. So many things that can happen and that can damage our excellent attitude of how we'll serve God. But I've got to tell you, if you've got a boiling spirit, if you've got a seething spirit, that's easy to overcome. That's easy to press through. That's easy to push through. See, I love the obvious nature of that. Our spirit connects with Christian truth. Then that connects with the Holy Ghost fire. And then this spirit within us becomes boiling and seething. You know, when you're cooking something, you don't have to worry about how it's cooking when you get the temperature right. You can leave that simmering away, boiling away, and you can just walk away from it. And the meal you're trying to create, the purpose you're trying to fulfill, will be fulfilled because of the heat that's underneath it. When we try to do an excellent service with God without the boiling, seething spirit, that's when we struggle. We need to bring the two together. The spirit on fire, the service of excellence, combined becomes a passionate worship of God by doing the things He's put in our heart and called us to do, no matter what it is. Whether it be work, whether it be marriage, whether it be studying, whether it be family, it's just allowing God to be God in the midst of us and doing what we should do. See, the spirit, the fire, we need it to maintain the zeal for what we do. See, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Jesus is the inspiring motive for service. There's nothing half-hearted when it comes to serving God. It's everything. See, he deserves fervor. He deserves eagerness. He deserves our desire, our enthusiasm, our diligence. He deserves a boiling spirit. He deserves that passion. Passion. With everything we do. Then it goes on to say, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. See, so far this morning Paul has shown how we can live a life of worship through love, honour, and service. In this next verse, in this verse, he looks at worship through our attitude. How we approach our lives. How we see our lives. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. See, I love that line in the song we sang this morning. He crowns us with confidence. Can I tell you something? As Christians, never, ever apologize for being confident. Never apologize for being confident. God has crowned you with confidence. He has called you to be confident. You were meant to be confident. I was not a confident young man. I was a man full of fear and anxiety. I had a stutter. I used to hide in toilets at school because I didn't know how to interact with people. Today, I'm reasonably confident. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is and who he has made me to be because of what he has done through me, by him, for what he is calling me to do. And that is not arrogance. That's just confidence in my Father. That's confidence in who I've been called to be. So many things that I look at and say, I can't do that. And I can't. But in Him, through Him, by Him, for Him, I can. And that is worship. When we give ourselves with that confident feeling saying, God, you can do it. One day I will sing. One day, one day, we on the other side of glory. It won't be this side because it's not f- f- fair to you guys, but one day. See, hope, a confident expectation of salvation. We should live with that confidence. This scripture says, rejoice in hope, rejoice in the fact that we have an eternal salvation. Live with joy, live with confidence, no matter what is happening around us. No matter what is happening to us, no matter what happens to people around us, we live with that confidence knowing we rejoice in the fact that we have an eternal life and we're living towards that eternal life. Confidence. Confidence in being patient in tribulations. Hard times come. They will. The Bible doesn't say if, it says When but we're confident that they're a short, temporal thing. We will pass through them. Storms are only for an amount of time. The rain will go away. I have confidence in that. I have a bike that needs to be ridden. <laughs> I know that trials are for a short time and I can be patient in that trial. I can be patient in that tribulation because I know that God is greater and my confidence is in Him, not in me. My confidence is in His ability, not mine. My confidence is in His hope that He will be victorious as we sang this morning, in everything. Patient in tribulation. And He finishes with be constant in prayer. It's a life we should live. Constant prayer, but that's a preach all by itself. See, never, ever be apologetic for being confident in Him. In Him. And when we live a life of confidence in Him, we worship Him. We worship Him in love. We worship him in honour. We worship him in service. And we worship him in confidence. See, in closing, all I want to say, Paul is urging us to be all in. All in. Don't be slothful. Don't step back. Don't be unconfident. All in. When we're all in, we worship. It's simple. There's nothing harder. I love the fact that I serve a simple God. It works in my mind. He's simple, because I'm simple. One plus one equals two. Don't get me on calculus. But one plus one equals two. God loves us. He is for us. And Paul is telling us, be all in. Physically, spiritually, emotionally. When it comes to serving the Lord and serving each other, do it all, all in with our love, all in with honoring, all in with serving, and all in with our attitude of a confidence in him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you that we do get to worship you every day. It's not something that just happens on a Sunday. It's an expression of our lives. It's a daily experience of knowing who you are within us. We worship you every time we step out by faith to do something that we're not usually confident within ourselves to do, but we know and we trust that you will do it through us. Lord God, when we just love your creation, when we love your kingdom, when we love your people, when we just step out, even when we don't know what to do, we just say, I'm just here to love you. That's worshiping you when we honour people, when we praise them, when we acknowledge what they do and how they've changed and the spirit that's within them that is going to one day be brought forth and brought out in a greater measure because of who you are, we worship you. We worship you in serving, whether it be at work, whether it be at school, whether it be within our families. No matter what it is, if we do it with zeal and a hunger and a passion, with a burning, boiling, seething spirit, then that's worshipping you, Lord God. And we ask that you continue to do all of those things through us and allow us to become more confident within you because of who you are, that we can rejoice in that hope of salvation that burns within each and every one of us, that we become patient in those times of trouble and we lean on you through a constant prayer. That is worshipping you, God. And we give ourselves over to it fully today. And we ask you to move in our lives in a greater measure. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Thank you very much.